Hi, it's John Bernadovich, your host of the H Like a Boss podcast. Welcome to season three. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals with the hope of finding what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and share with a friend. On today's show, I am joined by Corey Carlson. Corey and I met through a LinkedIn connection, and then we are scheduled to have myself on his podcast. Corey's a really big deal. He's written a couple of great books. You should check those out, Win at Home First and Rise and Go. But I want to give a big welcome to the H Like a Boss podcast to Corey Carlson. Welcome to the show. John, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Well, for those that have not read your books or don't know who you are, Corey, please tell my audience all about yourself. Well, sure. I am married for uh, 23 years. I have three kids and we're in a new season of our life. Our oldest, I just talked to her today. She's at college. So we just dropped her off, you know, about a month ago. So she got an 18 year old daughter, a 14 year old daughter and a 10 year old boy. So that's uh, our crew. And then from a work standpoint, I started out in civil engineering. That was the degree I, I got and started out in civil engineering in Kansas City. Then started doing, I didn't love the civil engineering piece of it. The company was fantastic, but I did not like civil engineering. So I got into sales and sold civil engineering products like storm sewer and bridges and did that in Kansas City. Then in Denver, promoted to manage a bunch of people in states and then promoted and moved to Cincinnati where I was VP of a $120 million division. And that's really where my life started to change, John, in the standpoint of I just needed help. I needed a, I was kind of in over my head at times, managing the division, people older than me, people younger than me, and just kind of wondering if I had what it, what it took. And that's when I got together with my HR group and my boss, and that's got to hire an executive coach. And that sounds extreme and like, but it changed my life. <laughs> the reality is it did change my life because that's what I do for a living now. But it just changed my life because I became a better father, a better husband, a better leader. And so eventually that's what I want to do to help others. So now I live in Cincinnati. I do executive coaching, speaking and, and writing and really just trying to help leaders win at work and win at home. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate your story and your background and uh, congratulations on that first one off to college. Hopefully uh, she's not having too much fun, just just the right amount. That's, I know that's an adjustment for parents too, seeing your kids go off. And oh boy, I remember when I was in college, right? Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So had a lot of those stories recently. I got a few more years before my son takes off to that, but we'll, we'll I'm sure my time is coming. Mm -hmm. Well, Corey, the podcast is HR Like a Boss. And to me, everything is about meaning and purpose. What is your true north? Where are you heading? Why are you doing what you're doing? And I ask all of my guests, the very first question is, how would you describe the purpose of human resources? You know, I mean, I know HR has responsibilities on the benefit side and, and, and making sure, you know, kind of everyone's in check there. But, you know, but for me and where I've had the most, I guess, success or even call it just the best relations with HR is those that were all about the development of the individual and put together the career path with inside the company, as well as helping them develop outside of the organization. And so some of my best relationships with the HR people, the different companies I work for was those that, you know, cared about the development of people 
there's people and culture, not just, um, you know, kind of just benefits and making sure things happen. But that's who I've enjoyed the most in my career. Yeah. And you mentioned the importance from your perspective and your journey of how you got into executive coaching yourself. What do you think are some of the benefits HR organizations can experience when they work with an executive coach? I think that executive coach is, is such more powerful than just kind of watching a bunch of videos. I mean, I know I've watched my share of videos of you know self-development. That's information. And if you truly want transformation from a leader, there's got to be that implementation, right? So information plus implementation leads to transformation. And so, yeah, if you watch, I mean, I've written a couple books and I've got a podcast like, you know, like yourself, John, but that's, it's just information. Like the a coach can come alongside and help you implement by holding you accountable, providing the outside perspective. And in doing that, then your leaders will actually start to change and to get better. Because if we're just listening to a whole bunch of podcasts, reading books, yeah, we got a bunch of ideas. Hey, you need to do the square method for your leadership or the triangle or the circle, but you can get paralysis by analysis. But if you have a coach that actually helps move you along, hey, did you actually roll this out to your team? Did you put the vision and values out to the team? You know, whatever it could be, but it's just that accountability to keep moving you forward. And do you think it's important, Corey, to follow up on that, to have that coach be an outsider, someone that doesn't work in the company, or can, can, you, can you have success either way? I do like having mentors inside the company or you, 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 you know, whether it's a buddy system or you're giving a mentor, someone to follow alongside, but I'm a big fan of someone outside the organization as well. Cause I know in my experience as be, being coached, but now as a coach, I've asked all my clients, wait, why do you keep me around? Why do you, you know, keep employing me to be your coach? And it comes down to two things. They want that outside perspective and the accountability. And, you know, it's would be like, why not the leadership skills or faith's a big part of my coach? And what about the faith piece or winning a home first? And like, oh, those things are great, but it's the accountability and outside perspective. Because accountability is it's goals on all things of your business, of your life, not just business. But you show up better if you are pursuing some of your personal goals, whether it's getting to the gym or it's spending more you know, quiet time or going on dates with your spouse, that makes you a better leader at work. And then the outside perspective is people want to, they want to bounce ideas off of people other than their coworkers because they may not feel it's a safe place with their peers because it's competitive. They may not feel it's safe with their boss because they don't want to come across as, you know, feeling incompetent. And then for sure, not the direct reports, because they're, they're trying to just balance some things out in their head before they proceed with them. So I think an, an executive coach outside the organization is of significant value. Yeah, no, I totally get it. And, and employ a few ourselves and have, have seen great value for them within our organization and our leadership team. I, I echo that as well. And I, I agree with you, the accountability, the perspective, the lack of the fact they know how to make the sausage, right, of your business. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's good that they're not stuck in the minutia and the details of that. I think that's, that's important. They can focus on the person and the development and that perspective. Mm -hmm. So Corey, you mentioned a couple of times the title to your book about when at home first, how, how would you describe what, what that means? What, what does when at home first mean to you? 
Yeah, you know, yeah. Went home first to me is, I mean, I think if a leader is going to have sustainable success in the workplace, they have got to be having success at home. Because if if the marriage is not going well or relationship with a kid is not going home going well, it's going to catch up to them at work. I mean, John, I think you and I both know, like, when we're thriving at work, we're all there. We can be totally present at work. It's because we know home is in order. Whereas if like my wife and I, if we're getting an argument in the morning, say at 7 a.m. we get in a fight or whatever. Well, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, there may be some text exchange still going on. It's going to affect your work production. Instead of being your, you know, a level at, during a meeting, you're sitting there thinking about what happened at home. Like, oh man, I wish I would have said this, or I wish I would have said that. And then come three o'clock in the day, you start to think about going home. Oh, if she says this, I'm going to say that. And if she says this, I'll say that. And, and I just know in my life, I am much better when home is going well. And so I, I, I believe and went home first and yeah, it's the title of my book, but it was a phrase I just kept saying to clients. Like, hey, you know, we're going to work on your vision and values of your organization. We're going to work on the culture. But you need to win a home first in order for these things to have a sustainable effect. And how, how, do, you, how do you recommend people do that? Is there, is it obviously, like the example you gave of the fight with your spouse and right. leaving angry and then peppering some texts on and off and then wait until three o'clock to put the gloves back on and start getting into that fight battle. Do you, you recommend addressing it before you leave to work or like what, what are you, what are your strategies or tactics to ensure people can avoid bleeding those lines over and being present in both places? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, one thing is obviously working on the relationship in the standpoint of, you know, pursuing your spouse, like, like, like you did when, when you guys dated. And, and so a lot of times when I have new clients or I'm talking with someone, it's like, when's the last time you went on a date with your spouse? I mean, sometimes there itself is like eye-opening. It's like, ooh, um, yeah, I, don't, I don't know the last time we went on a date, maybe a few months ago. So, I mean, it starts with just spending, you know, go on dates. And so for like Holly and I, we want to go on a date once every two weeks. Like that's a good number for us. Yeah, we see each other between those times. But it's just, it's, it's going on a date, spending time with each other. And that itself helps us stay as a, a couple as opposed to roommates. Yeah, we still get in arguments and kind of baker and, and what have you. But I can tell you, we will argue a lot less when we're dating and we are, you know, serving each other and, you know, basically pursuing each other. Yeah, no, great point. Great point. Well, hey. Corey, I know uh, you're you're well aware of my firm Willery, and it is the, the it is the sponsor of this podcast. And I would be doing us a disservice if I did not give them a shameless plug. So, a big shout out to Willery, who supported the formation and continues to provide resources needed to put on the H Like a Boss podcast. Willery's purpose is to empower people and is focused on supporting mid-sized companies with their search and staff augmentation services along with a unique client-side HR technology consulting practice. If you or your company are struggling to find talent in your HR and payroll department, or you have not gotten the return on your investment in your HR tech, please consider visiting willery.com to learn more. 
I don't know, Corey, if you do a plug in the middle of your podcast, but I have to tell you, that's been the hardest thing for me to get used to. I finally have done it so many times that I'm used to it now. I probably could memorize it, but I don't want to screw up the pitch in my marketing department and yell at me. They would never yell at me. I know they wouldn't, but you said this word wrong or we don't do that. Um, so I, I try to ad lib at the same time. I try to try to fill in the blank. So there so I did it. You have a nice job. You did great. So you found doing that live like that is better. Or maybe your marketing department's told you it's better to do it that way than do a recorded one that they just plug in every time. Because it's me and it's the same voice. And I don't know if you ever listen to the radio. I always know when it's a live ad that the radio sports radio guys or gals yeah. are mentioning. And when it's pre-recorded, I can tell. And I, I pay more attention when I feel like it's live. So that's that's the anecdote of why. And it's probably a heck of a lot easier for me to just to do it every single time. And it gets the guests to talk about it as well. It's probably our other tactic. And now you and I are talking more about Willery and why the heck did I do this live? And we're extending the ad beyond its ad time, right? Oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> and actually, as, you're, as I was listening to your ad, one guy, a client of mine came to mind. I'm going to introduce you guys afterwards. Look at this. All right. Live, a live lead on the podcast. Live Let's lead. go. Let's go. Ah, yeah. And he's yeah. even has lived in uh, Cleveland. So, uh, you know, you guys have probably got other things to talk about other than just uh, HR. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, Corey, one of the questions I, I wanted to ask you, and I know uh, we, we prepare for these sessions and maybe for a little inside scoop into uh, today's podcast. Corey and I did say a prayer before today's podcast in the spirit of uh, the foundation to, to, to how Corey does his business. I know when we did our kind of pre-recording for the podcast, I'll be on his show. He did the same thing. And uh, I, I know that uh, balancing faith and family and work is a challenge. And I know we talk a little bit about winning at home first, but Corey, I'm super interested in your perspective of how organizations can incorporate faith into work. Yeah, that is a, it's a great question. I know one, it, People are you know, a little, a little concerned. You know, curious to do it. It's you know, cancel culture, and you can't do it. And you know, first and you know, foremost, I mean, you know this. You're in the HR space, and some of your listeners do. But it is legal to talk about faith. It's just illegal to be exclusive about it, or block promotions, or block anything due to faith. So I know some listeners that may just be eye-opening because I know I'll have conversations with people. It's like, oh, I didn't even think you could talk about faith anymore with cancel culture. And so I, you know, that's kind of first and foremost. But um, you know, I, I think for any listener who does have a strong faith component, they just don't know how to do it from a work standpoint. You know, what, I, what I've told a lot of my clients, and I did this when I was in corporate, obviously, with what I do now and kind of work for myself, I got a little more freedom. But before just kind of marching in, talking about faith and leading with, like leading with faith, lead with story first. Like lead with the ways that you are living out your faith without just kind of pounding the hammer of, hey, we're, you know, you know God first in this place. Actually just kind of do it. And, you know, some examples, the idea of when someone at the water cooler or it talks about what'd you do this weekend, maybe say, you know, like, like for us, my son and I, we just went to a family camp that was put on by our church. It was a church function and we had a blast. It was incredible. It had some powerful messages and my son and I got to do some neat things. Like we went to a prayer tent together uh, and one, it was powerful. I mean, it was a, it, it was a crying session. It felt like at times when you're looking in your you know son's eyes and, and doing that, 
but if I was in a work setting and someone said, what did you do this weekend? I can easily live out my faith by just explaining what I did. I went to a church, you know, a church family camp, and these are the things we did. However, sometimes people pass on that. Oh, yeah, it was a good weekend. We had fun, you know, we did some things. And that's what a lot of people do. And so my encouragement to you, if you want to think about living out your faith is just start telling stories. Just start sharing what you did and people will be curious. Hey, how, how does that work? How'd you do it? I'd be interested in a camp like that. And so that'd be one of the first things to say for that listener. Just, just start an answering those questions honestly, what you did. And, and you know, maybe or what books you're reading or things you're doing. And you know, we've, we've all heard of more. Uh, and we've heard a lot is things are caught more than taught. So as you're just kind of, sharing your stories people will be very curious of it well, thanks for sharing that Corey. i know that that can be a uh, sensitive topic and uh one that you know i feel like to your point you have to you have to uh balance around the the uh tightrope but uh for those that have a strong faith and it's part of who you are and who how you were sometimes brought up or how you evolved in your life i think it's important to be able to talk about it and just hear people out Right to your point, we we want to, for at least from my perspective, uh, seeing cancel culture. You mentioned a couple times. I think is a, da a dangerous thing for the world. Um, it, it, in, in some cases, I think it, it's really really prevalent. But in, in most cases, it feels it feels like it's off base. We're not understanding truly what happened to someone in some circumstance. So I'll get off of that soapbox. We'll get back to the the topic of the podcast is HR Like a Boss. Obviously, the title of the book is HR Like a Boss, and I get all my great guests out of the show by challenging them with the question, how would you describe someone that does HR Like a Boss? What I love to, I mean, HR Like a Boss to me is those that are just taking a hold of the people in the company. Like, are they truly developing them and, and making sure that they are getting fulfillment out of their career? And then are they doing a great job of establishing culture and that it is a healthy and productive culture and not just one that's busy and toxic? Yeah. I, I, I said this before on a, on a recent uh, sh show. It's ironic to me that busy is the first four letters of business. And I think a lot of times people get caught up in that. And I think at the same time, there's, there's a unique aspect of culture. I get, I get asked this question all the time. We, we've been blessed. Uh, eight years in a row getting recognized as one of the top 99 workplaces in Northeast Ohio for top talent. And I get asked, how did you build that culture? And I said, I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't put together a culture strategy. We just did our business the way that I felt was the right way to do it from my years of experience and the way that I wanted to be treated. And I think to your point, you focus today on your conversation a lot around developing people. No big surprise for an executive coach, mm -hmm. someone who's super passionate about that, on focusing on developing people. The importance for coaches to bring that level of perspective and accountability that maybe an internal mentor or direct report or manager can't do themselves. I loved how you talked about stories that you share when we, we talked about the faith. And I think that's important. For anyone to share, no matter if you're faith-based or not, if someone asks you, how was your weekend? Tell them you went to a baseball game or you saw your mother-in-law in performing on you know, the trumpet at this musical or whatever it is. Personalize your story because you never know when someone will be like, oh my gosh, I was at that same place. Or, oh, I didn't know that your 
your mother-in-law did that. My dad does that. And I didn't know anyone else that did it. And you can create those unique connections through stories. And then I think the last thing that you mentioned that stood out to me, and I started with this, was the importance of that culture of, of driving culture within your community. People are attracted and not attracted to culture. They're attracted to good culture where they feel like it's inclusive, that we're doing our part. And then ones that you mentioned the word toxic, people run away from that. They're, they're, they can be miserable if they stay inside of it. So uh, awesome job, Corey. I really enjoyed having you on the show today. Uh, thank you very much, John. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please leave a rating or review. Or better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome HR.